that toilet. What's down there? Answer me. Shit. That's right. One of your favorite words. Well, if you mind if I borrow for a moment? You've been a shitty friend and a shitty camper. What else is down there? Answer me. You've pissed away your good looks and God-given talent your whole life and turned it into nothing but a cynical, dirty mouth, waste of flesh. What else is down there? Well, then I guess you're just going to have to climb in and find out. Leeches, Allie, for a leech like you. Howard Stern's beloved co-host, Robin Quivers... She's been Shock Jock Howard Stern's radio wing woman for over 30 years. Uh, she's Howard Stern's right-hand woman, but now radio personality Robin Quivers is stepping out of the studio. And for more than 30 years, Robin Quivers has been by Howard Stern's side as his news anchor and, of course, his foil. Hi, this is Robin, and you're listening to The Skeleton Crew. It is here once again, the iconic classic, The Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast. The podcast that will tickle your funny bone and have you screaming for more. Exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your trio of numbskulls, Dave Z. There's not a whole lot to tell, I'm a pretty simple guy. Jamie Jenkins. And the whole time, I'm like, why am I watching this? And Alex Edwards. Hi, Mr. Bill? Yeah, asshole. You are now entering the Bone Zones. Hey now, what's up? It's a skeleton crew. It is July, shit's getting hot. As you heard in the intro, I am with Jamie Jenkins. What's up, Jamie? Uh, you're with who? Oh my oh, god. Wow, see? <laughs> you know, we really gotta change that thing. Did you listen to the intro? Did it say that in the intro? It did, but see, I, I Matt said for in order for him to change it, I have to give him, if there's another Money? fee involved. Yeah. Ooh. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so there's a small fee, and I, Jamie, I don't know if I'm willing to pay it. I mean, is I don't want to confuse people. You know, it, it's all right. It's, <laughs> I'm sure Brian won't mind at all. <laughs> <laughs> He's ignoring my existence. <laughs> no, Brian. Okay, ready, Brian. Brian's pissed. I can tell you. We're so happy that Jamie Salmons is on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh my god. Uh, and we have the wonderful 
the man who is the Zen master and the leader of the Z Nation, Dave Z. Wow, you called me wonderful. I don't think I've ever been called that. You're Mr. Wonderful Dave Zandoff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll take it. (laughs) Uh, The only time I've ever been called wonderful is in the bedroom. Exactly. Yeah. There has been a new exclusive collector edition of my favorite zombie movie of all time, and it's my top it's in my top five horror movies, I believe. Return of the Living Dead, nineteen eighty five. And yeah, and the special features are uh insane. So good. I know, I watched all of them. It's really great. Guys, get this. It's the, the in my opinion, the greatest zombie movie ever made. To the purists who are into, like, uh, just horror and not... You know, for some reason, I think... I'm sorry. I think that zombies are sort of... uh, It's sort of a comical thing in a way. So, to me, it's perfect to blend horror and comedy together. So, I think it's perfect. Um, Other people prefer the straight-up Romero stuff. Well, I still found... And I think you guys have probably heard this story. Most of you have heard all of my stories at this point, but... When I saw Return, uh, I saw it at the drive-in with my mom, and uh, I was, what, 10? And when the, uh, like, when they started coming out of the graves, the drive-in that I went to was next to a cemetery. And I was... Yeah, I remember the story. I was terrified. Like, I kept, like, I was, you know, watching the movie, and I kept turning around and, and watching the cemetery, and I was watching the movie, and I was watching the cemetery. I, it scared the crap out of me. So I, I think it does work really well as a horror film, even though it has it is a little more comedic. It's you know it has its fun moments, but I, I do think it's very successful as a horror film. Oh yeah, it's amazing. It's 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 brilliant. Now the new poster art. So like what Dave said, they have a normal poster and a revised poster. Now Dave, you have an issue with the revised exclusive poster, and what is your problem with that? Oh. Poster? Oh no no no! I have a po- I have an issue with any poster. This is the first time I ever got the poster with, um, you know, with an order from Screen Factory. So I got it and I opened it up, and I guess I saw twenty four by something. I- I'm thinking it's uh, eighteen. Yeah, I-, I thought it was standard poster size. So all the posters I have mounted and everything else, they're standard poster size. And I used to have a lot. And I had to get rid of some. I lost half in my marriage. And now, now after I buy my new house shortly, I'm going to get them again. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of into posters. Anyway. Good. Me too. Dude, I, wait, not to interrupt you. I have, I literally bought about 15 posters in the last month. And fr- frames add up, dude. Oh, dude. Yeah, they do. Our entire house is covered. And I'm telling you, we have spent so much money on frames. Yeah. It's insane. And, uh, I mean, the frames frequently cost more than the posters do. But of course they oh, do. they totally do. It's an expensive hobby. You know, it is. That's why I, I mean, no, there are a couple of posters I have that I've paid more for because I have the original one sheet for April Fool's Day, which is oh, not wow. cheap. And I have, um, and so, when, like, some of the originals that I have, they're a little more expensive, so they kind of, they don't count into that, but for just like the regular posters that you buy, like, well, you know, we'll get the poster and then you end up dropping like twice at least what the poster costs on a frame for it. I paid $29 for a frame, but luckily it was buy one, get one free. 
Yeah, see, that's what I do. And here's a little tip for anyone out there who who uh, is like poster crazy, like we are. Um, I uh, if you have a Michaels near you, they mm-hmm. they freak. That's where I get them. They they frequently put their posters on sale, buy one get one free. Or Michaels is really good about having giant coupons, like on a on a uh, full price item. Like they'll in the right. newspaper they'll have like a forty percent coupon or a fifty percent coupon. So if you go and they're not on sale, then just yep. watch for one of those coupons. But or I just wait for the buy one get one free sale. Yeah, Michaels is where I go every time. Yeah, that's the best place to get them. Because you, you'll go broke buying them in Walmart or any Target. Oh, or yeah. Or, yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I, I go to and the poster. And they're the crappy home. ones, too. Like, oh, yeah. But I, I collect them slowly. That's how I did it. And that's how I'm going to do it now. You know? And, and, they're, and they're usually the size is 24 by 36. So I just knew 24 was in there. Now, th- right. what, what's this one? Something by 24? 18. 18 by 24. So I wasn't thinking when I saw it. I assumed it was a regular size poster. And when I opened it up, it wasn't a it was, you know it was a small one so I just made a remark in text and saying oh I didn't realize that these were mini and I didn't really mean mini just I was expecting a full size poster so for right. a guy like me that it's gonna line them all around and all likes them all the same size mm-hmm. it was a disappointment that, that so it's not really a beef it's a beef with me but you know I'm not a oh yeah I know some of there's a beef with Matt Wizell. We agree. He is so mad. Oh, yeah, he gave it away. <laughs> yeah, he gave it away. He said, I don't even want this shit. Uh, but you know what? He gave away the original one. He actually kept the exclusive one. And they come fucking folded. So now you got creases in your pole. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, that's Why me. can't Scream Factory just send a tube in the goddamn yes. thing? Yes, never buy a poster over online unless you have to. And if you have to... You gotta get it in the tube. Even the tube, you gotta work with to get the fucking the curvature out. Mm-hmm. But you cannot get the creases out. It does not come out. You could try as you may. Maybe I'm just anal about the one. The few. no, you're right. But I deal with it though. I can't. Yeah, I, I did deal with it. There's what my April Fool's Day poster, and it, I'm looking at it right now, and it upsets me every time I look at it. <laughs> It is creased, but it was also folded for like 30 years. When, oh wow! <laughs> um, the but it. And it upsets me, but and, but it was rare, and it was original, and so I'm like, I'm okay with it because I have it, and it's nice. But still, every time I look at it, I'm like, God damn those creases! And I can't. I even tried ironing it. I mean, I put a, I put a towel down, I put the poster down, I put another towel on top of it, and I tried ironing that shit, and it st- just did not come out. Damn. So. Um, it breaks my heart a little every time I look at it. It's still but collectible, then, though. That you know. Yeah, what I, mean? I mean, it is, and it, it's still it's in fantastic condition. Other than that, it's not like you know how sometimes when something's been creased for a long time, it it becomes bare where the creases are, like, um, and it's just broken. Um, no, it's nothing like that. I mean, it still looks amazing. It's just creased, which just ugh. Yeah. and it, those creases catch the light. You know, it's like you yes, can't ignore do. it. It sucks. Here's the thing I want to say is Scream Factory. Um, guys, you have like a, a zillion loyal people who buy everything you put out, even if it's not good or if they never heard of it and stuff like that. For some reason, they think that you're special and they should have every Scream Factory. They think you're official in some way and they should have every one of your things you put out. Guys, take the time to put this shit in a fucking tube the posters, because people pre-order them and pay way more for the pre-order, because I did it with the Garbage Pail Kids movie just to get the poster, 
And it's way, it's like $35 to do that shit. Yeah. I think you could go on Amazon right this second and buy that Return of Living Dead shit for like 21 bucks. So I wasted 14 And I'm not going to say I wasted it. In that movie, I'll, I'm happy I did it and stuff like that. But for regular people who are just getting regular movies that they're not crazy passionate about like I am about this, um, they're wasting their uh, wait, $21 motherfucker right now on amazon it says 34 uh 35 and it's slashed and it says how much percent off like yeah. oh it says 40 percent off so if we didn't care about the posters we could have got it for 21 fucking dollars but we bought into this bullshit and now we're out that much money we paid for fucking crease posters guys Wake up. I did it defensively, though. I bought it because I was afraid it was going to sell out, and I wasn't going to be able to get my hands on it at all. That's why I did it. I don't give a fuck about those those posters and slip covers. I just wanted the movie. Because the first thing sold out, and when they sold the non-special edition, you got it, even though you don't have all the bonus shit. No, all of the... It, it, yeah, bonus shit you're going to have no matter what. They're all the same version everyone no, no, buys no, the same but we got extra posters and stuff yeah but that's what i said i don't care i if fuck the posters and the slip covers if you just want the movie you know right you, you couldn't can wait get this one but right. I, I i didn't i didn't want a chance to wait i thought it was gonna all sell out but i, I wised up like the thing and carry right and maybe yeah, don't Child's do that play. again no right. i'm not going to they're not gonna sell out if return of living dead didn't sell completely out nothing is. right not even nothing is. yeah nothing will Okay, so, guys, uh, let's move on to... But we're going to keep it in Return of the Living Dead for two seconds. I just want to ask you guys, Jamie is very into zombies. Jamie, do you think I'm crazy when I say that Tarman's return in Return of the Living Dead Part 2, do you think that's sacrilegious? Do you think that you don't go there? Would you ever recreate Bob or have his brother Bob? Would you ever have... The fucking <laughs> asshole with the machete sticking out of his head in Dawn of the Dead. Would you have another one with a butcher knife sticking out of the other side of his head? Like, why are we recreating Tarman on any level for that second movie? You know, to be honest, uh, it didn't bother me. I mean, I see where you're coming from, and I'm okay with that. It, just, it didn't bother me. I actually thought it was kind of funny. Um, what... And, you know, no, I even thought it was funny, too, when they did it in Return 5, when he's standing at the end of the, when he's standing on the side of the road. Thought it was funny. I'm like, oh, look at that. It's a callback. I mean, that was the only thing I thought was good about that movie, but. <laughs> yeah, was it called Necropolis or something? Necropolis. Uh, ne- uh, was that Necropolis? Or was it, or was it <laughs> Rave to the Grave? One of, I can't remember. Yeah, one of the two. Four and which is five, but. Um, I think that, yeah, Rave is five, I think. You're right. They were both shit. Um, <laughs> but, uh. I, it doesn't bother me just because uh, I love Tarman, but I don't hold him in so incredible high regard that it offended me. You don't because a lot of people consider him like the most famous zombie or popular or favorite. Um, yeah, well, I actually saw the, po- the, the poll that was on Facebook, and I saw that a lot of people were on board with that. And he just hasn't ever been in that for me like i i love him but i am when it comes to zombies i am um hardcore dawn of the dead uh, dawn of the dead is my second favorite movie of all time and my absolute favorite zombie is is the uh, the baseball player zombie from dawn of the dead the arco pit cairn is hey, on the back know. of his on the back of his jersey and 
I love that guy. I absolutely love him. And he wasn't a choice in the poll, and so I couldn't vote. <laughs> he's he's my favorite zombie. And uh, so I, I'm, I understand why people love Tarman. I think he's great. I, oh, I, yeah, he's I, great. I can tell you, when he, does, when he walks... When he oh it's it's awful like it's really scary I think genius what a great idea but it just doesn't uh, I, I don't love him so much that it bothers me or I consider it sacrilegious you know I actually thought it was kind of a nice little send up what about you Dave am I nuts no I mean if you love that a lot that that's cool I don't have a favorite oh no you know what you know if I had to pick a favorite zombie it might be the other one in Return of the Living Dead that talks. It says the pain. Oh yeah, you're right. I yeah. love that zombie. Maybe I love her more too. You can hear me. Yes. Why do you eat people? Not people. Brains. Brains only. Yes. Why? The pain. What about the pain? The pain of being dead. It hurts to be dead. I can feel myself rot. Eating brains. How does that make you feel? It makes the pain go away. Hey, look, man. Fuck this. I gotta talk to you. Now. Come on, I gotta talk. We gotta talk. No, let's talk out in the hall. When I was a kid, was the, the midget one. No, the get the damn screwdriver out of my head. You know, from from part two. I loved that head. I don't know. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. Wow, but Dave is right. Wow, nice. That check on the table, leaking the spinal fluid, yeah. Those are some damn good effects. And you get zombie tit, too. Yeah, you get tits, man. How can you complain? You got a redhead. Zomboob. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I'm complaining about, there's no vagina. But, oh, okay. Although, dude, that, that chick in, in Return of the Living Dead Part 3... Could mm. be a favorite zombie. <laughs> I just don't like that movie. Everybody loves Part Three. I just—they just love her. I think I haven't seen that. Oh, movie. maybe, maybe. That's what I think. I saw it once, like five years ago. I do remember liking it, but it seemed very low budget. It seemed like a TV movie or something. I've never even seen it. I just seen the pictures of her. I've never watched oh, wow. Part Three, and I've only seen Part Two once. And it's—it was in the '80s when I fucking saw it. So that's what I think of part two. I never even went back to watch it, and I never watched part three. And, of course, I'm not going to watch four and five. But uh, I think you should watch all of them. I was considering doing a retrospective just to cover because it would be, like, really majorly mainstream with the first one and then teetering as we go and becoming more obscure, obviously. Um, so that would be cool. But I don't know about doing that anymore, but – I would definitely recommend that you watch it and we could talk about it maybe a little bit because part three is really something to talk about. I think it's it's definitely way better than part two. We have plans to do one through three on Exploding Heads for a show. 
Uh, oh wow! Okay, so first, first isn't that nice, Jamie? First, Banana Laser was Dave's primary show, and now you would think the Skeleton Crew would be, but no, he somehow found a way to make this not his main show. Isn't that so cool? He's bumping me off twice because no. we, he's also on ABC, and you know we're at the bottom of the barrel. So don't feel bad, Alex. No, yeah, it's so just we're in the I'm, bottom of this barrel. I'm, I'm the top idea guy, so you know me and all my fucking ideas. I have shows lined up for two years. Fucking when I'm going to do them, everything. All this discussion. That's all right, dude. It's okay that the crew will never be like the major part of your life. It's fine. I'll tell you what. You think we're not in our prime anymore. We're on our way down. We're slipping anyway. Only the real diehards are still listening. But you know what? You're wrong. It's the best year. Maybe it's time I retire. I am like 57. <laughs> <laughs> Only when your 18 cats are in, re- in retirement homes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, okay, so, you know, last show. Here's an email the show got. Uh, and uh, listen, I love any email we get. Thank you for listening and even more for caring enough. Take the time to contact. Yeah, because a lot of people, even who love the show... They love it, but it, it kind of ends after the, it, it, we hear Buckethead, and, it, and it's over with. And then they're like, okay, well, I love it. Where's the next one? And they don't go that extra step in interaction. So I love any interaction. So everybody remembers on show, I think it was like 119. I can't keep up anymore. <sighs> I went on this huge rant about John Carpenter, or as we like to call him at Banana Laser, John Crappender. I, I was really mad that he was dissing Friday the 13th movies because it's like, why do you have to go there? Why do you have to talk shit about other people's stuff? You are the Halloween guy. Isn't that enough? Don't your movies or your movie, I guess I, I guess he had enough of part two involvement. He wrote it, so that's a great movie. So, and The Thing and Christine... Don't your movies speak for themselves? Do you really have to lower yourself to the level of a shit talker? And that was really my main point when I was like kind of ranting about him, saying stuff about a successful fucking franchise. I think it's ludicrous that he would even address probably the most successful franchise in horror history. So this guy wrote this. His name is Mike Hudick. Hey guys. I was just listening to your latest episode, and I have to chime in on the John Carpenter discussion. While I admit that John Carpenter can come across as an asshole, I think you blew his comments way out of proportion. First off, he was specifically asked about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Friday the 13th. Initially, he was only speaking about the first film in the franchise, and he was just saying that Texas Chainsaw the original was an original idea that was made for the art, whereas Friday the 13th was made to be a cash-in on the booming slasher craze. As you all pointed out, he's not wrong. Okay? And while you tried to compare Halloween and the Friday the 13th series, he did not. The feelings he had about Friday the 13th being a money grab are the same feelings he has about the sequels to Halloween. That's why he stopped contributing to the franchise he pioneered after the first couple. 
as you said, he was obligated to do part two, and his interest was only rekindled for part three because he was trying something new. You can't criticize him for what happened in Halloween 4, 5, and 6, etc. Because those are the kind of films he was so adamantly against. So, so far, this guy is completely right. I mean, he never is wrong. And very well, very well spoken, might I add. Yeah. Long story short, he thinks Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a work of art and Friday the 13th is a cash-in. He answered the question he was asked, and Halloween was not a part of the specific question or answer. Furthermore, he was not criticizing Friday the 13th while praising his own work. The things he criticized were also the things he disliked about the Halloween sequels, which is why he distanced himself from the franchise he created. Anyways, just thought I'd throw that in. Keep them coming, Mike Hooting. He did shoot down my rant. And I'm not saying that he's wrong. He's right. Everything, I can't really contest what he just said. But even though he's right, why are you talking about another horror franchise? Well, now, is it, I, I don't even, I don't recall. I knew at the time, I think, but I don't recall now. Was he actually asked by the interviewer specifically, or did he bring that up on his own? Because if he was asked directly about it, then I guess I can't really blame him for it. If they ask him his opinion, and he gave it, and he's not wrong. Um, I mean, hell, the everyone involved with Friday the 13th openly admits that it was it was a cash-in. That's the only, that's the only reason it exists. But how does that take away from what came of it, though? Uh, I don't think it does. I, I think that, that that makes it even that much more miraculous is that it, it was solely intended to cash in what they saw as, you know, uh, what was popular at the time or what was doing well at the time. And that was the intent of its creation. Only it then surpassed itself. I mean, it it went on to become, yeah, the most successful franchise. And I won't even say arguably. I will flat out say it is. the most successful franchise in horror history. I don't think there's any denying that. So I think that makes it even that much more uh, of of just a miracle that it look what look what happened to it. You know, I it's amazing. There's a hundred other franchises you could talk about and. And say these kind of things. Like, it's just crazy that he went after the the top dog who topped his franchise. And like he said, no, it's not his franchise. We can't hold him responsible for the shit pile that came up after. But, and here here's the thing. I'm in love with Halloween 1, 2, and 3. So, and that's all his involvement. So, I sound sort of hypocritical in a way. Um, but I guess my point outweighs my... Um, perspective or, or something i think perhaps i mean i guess maybe his his biggest crime is just being completely honest you know uh, perhaps it would have been more tactful for him to say something like you know hey i respect what it's become and it was you know it was a big deal and maybe he could have mentioned the fact that halloween 2 wouldn't have been what halloween 2 was without friday the 13th right that's that's truth that's truth you can't deny it so i mean he could have said something like that thrown it some accolades given a little given it a little bit of respect and i guess he chose not to um <laughs> but exactly okay there um, you go but you know perhaps and i think if that had been me i probably i i think i would have done something like that because you kind of have to recognize 
that um, that yes, Halloween, Halloween is the reason for Friday, and Friday is the reason for Halloween too. And it's you know they kind of owe each other a little something. And of course, See? then his involvement stops shortly after that, and so he doesn't have to have he doesn't have to give a damn what happened. <laughs> you know, once his involvement is over, but he was still involved at that point, and so. But, Friday is partly responsible for his success with that. Now, now let me make it clear. I'm not saying that if he had gone on to make Halloween 2 and Friday never existed, that it wouldn't have been successful. A Halloween 2 would have been successful based based on the success of Halloween alone. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, whatever he turned out with Halloween in the title after that was going was going to make money. That's there's no question there. But 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 there was a fucking height a heightness of we want this because of Friday. Exactly. And there and the 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 style of the film. Halloween two is vastly different from Halloween. Because of Friday. Because which of, you because of Friday. And to argue with fucking Herbert Getty. <laughs> Herbert Getty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Alpha Getty. Oh Alpha. do I remember that argument. But uh, <laughs> it never ended. He kept writing back. Perhaps if he, perhaps John Carpenter should have brought up Black Christmas while he was having his little discussion uh, about what, uh, about Friday being what Friday is because of Halloween. You know, Jamie, maybe, I love you. <laughs> well, maybe rips off everything, man. Everybody. Maybe he could have mentioned that Halloween wouldn't have been Halloween if Black Christmas hadn't come before. I mean, he yeah, he could have said that, but he didn't. You know. So, I don't know. I think if I were him, I would have approached it from... I think he's right in what he said about Friday, but I think if I were him, I would have approached it a little bit differently because it did make him come off like a little bit of a snarky twat. And he can do that. He, he, can, <laughs> he does that snarky twat shit. He does it. <laughs> you know? I'm sticking with what I said last week, which is pretty much what he was saying. John Carpenter... He is right, and I said this last week. I go, but he should, but two things, and Jamie just said one. He wouldn't have got any money from Halloween 2 or any of that shit if it wasn't for Friday, and he should have just have been gracious and kept his mouth shut about Friday the 13th. That doesn't change it. That was my stance last week, and that's my stance this week. Yes, I'm sort of right. Yeah, we're all right. You know, nobody's really wrong, but John Carpenter does does have a big mouth. We know that. <laughs> we all know. So Mike, and Mike even addresses that. Mike is very level-headed. He even said, uh, I'll admit he could come across as an asshole. So I am truly taking in what you said. You're absolutely right. However, you are also being a little biased in on your side of things. And you're kind of not taking in... The gratefulness that Jamie mentioned and the tactfulness she mentioned, and you're not taking in what Dave said about uh, just keep your mouth shut, bro. Like, why? Why are you attacking Friday? There's a thousand fucking franchises out there that suck. Why don't you talk about Child's Play? Talk about talk about Return of Living Dead's franchise. Talk about Maniac Cop. Talk well, about... again, if they ask him directly, then he can't right. really go, well, I don't really want to talk about Friday. Let's talk about Maniac Cop. That one sucked. You know, <laughs> I mean, he kind of does have to answer the question. But but I... like you said, though, he could have said, well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the truth, guys. Halloween 2 might not have ever really been asked for if it wasn't for Friday. So we have, if you guys love the entire franchise that started with my first movie, then we have Friday to thank. 
Yeah, I mean, he could have said, you know, Friday Friday wouldn't be around without Halloween, true enough, but neither would Halloween 2 be around without Friday. And I, I think he could have been a little more gracious about it, you know. Right. And Betsy Palmer, you're going to make like that was bullshit? Come on, get the fuck out. You know what the bottom line is? And it sounds cheesy, but if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say nothing. Well, yeah, when you're in a position like him at his authority level and stature and reputation yeah be happy you have your fucking money and people love and adore and respect you well and see that's the thing i think i think it's okay for him to think the things that he does as far as friday goes but he also needs yeah. to take a step back and look at uh, and look at what came as as because of that you know so if he were to take a step back like and look at the big picture then he should also be grateful for that uh, so I think he's a little short-sighted in that. Like, he's just like, oh, you ripped me off. And that's as far as he went. You you ripped off Black Christmas, and guess what? Uh, Unfortunately, I think Friday started the craze more than Halloween started the craze. When people saw Halloween, they might have seen that as too far out of their reach. Like, well, I, I don't think we could even do a movie like Halloween. There's so much to it. That makes it great. But when they saw Friday, it was more relatable to people. And it's like, you know what? I, I think I could do this. Not saying they ever did. No one's saying that anybody, Final Exam and, and Madman and all this shit and Slaughterhouse, nobody did Friday. Sorry. They were okay. You, you lacked so much in the goddamn characters and, and the cast of kids getting killed. You never came close to anybody in Friday 13th. Sorry. But... Friday came damn close to Halloween, bro. Like really rivaling it, but there's just such an uh, there's such a perfection to Halloween that Friday will never be seen as the level of Halloween. It just won't. I don't know. You know, there are people who definitely prefer Friday over Halloween. Definitely. Well, I'm one of them, but the, the right general I, I, consensus. And yeah, and I think that there one thing is there going to stand in the way forever and that is that there are people who just have it ingrained in their minds that any amount of gore dumbs down a film or that any amount of gore knocks it down a notch and so halloween will forever be elevated because it didn't do that and in their minds it's it's artistic whereas friday the 13th is just you know teens getting spills and thrills you know Uh, and it's you're never going to change that mindset. You you just aren't. Whereas I th- I see them both. And even though, yes, it's openly admitted that Friday was just a cash grab, and yes, that's all they were trying to do. Blah blah blah. We all know this, but I still think it turned out to be a pretty fantastic fucking film. So regardless of of why it was created, I mean, look at the look at Savini's effects. I mean, come on, it he was doing shit that <laughs> nobody that just. Was doing. Nobody was doing that stuff at the time, and it star. that created a, like he raised the bar for special effects moving forward in slasher films, and and so you know then then that's when became that's when the slasher became what it became like you know, inventive ways to kill people with cool special effects. Yeah, we're giving Carpenter a little bit too much credit in a way that we might. He might just not have been capable of doing a Friday the 13th. And who really knows if John Carpenter said, you know what? I want to kill people, but not really make it gory. The fact is, guys, let's not forget here. 
there really was no real gore in movies back then. So to him, that was the norm. And Friday the 13th are the people that you should be thanking. Because they rose it to a level of which we all have come to know and love. He, pro- he was just behind in his time. Dude, Savini was on the wrong set that year. That's what <laughs> happened. Yeah. <laughs> Savini was doing Dawn of the Dead. If Savini would have somehow been on Halloween, well, who knows what would have It might have been to- And Jai Carpenter would have said, yeah, I'm the king of gore. You know, he's only going with whatever already happened. And the only reason he's praising the fact that there's no gore is because he didn't have any. So he has nothing else to say. Don't forget that. Real talk, he gets a lot of credit. Carpenter gets a lot of credit for a lot of stuff uh, because of Halloween. But he didn't invent people getting kicked out, getting knocked off one by one. He didn't invent a stalker. He didn't, he didn't invent any of those things. I mean, I'm not knocking the movie. I think that Halloween is a fantastic film. I absolutely love it. And I don't think that I'm not trying to take away any of his praise as far as making a fantastic film because he did. But he didn't invent the wheel with that movie. You know, I mean, we have way before that, we have Jallows where people were getting bumped off. You know, you've got Bava, who was, uh, who even was the first to spear someone through the bed. You've, I mean, this shit was happening already uh, before Halloween came along. So I'm not really, I've always wondered why exactly everyone wants to, to crown him the prince of all things slasher when it it has never made sense i'll tell you what the answer is for halloween the answer for halloween is the score oh yeah that's it that's the difference between that and everything that came before as far as i'm concerned and that's what makes half that movie and at least carpenter did did that so i'll give him credit for that and if he just did the score I would talk about the amazing guy who scored Halloween, you know? So the fact that he did this and that and the other thing, the other thing, and directed and wrote something, like, it's, you, you get lost in this whole thing. You're like, wow, this is fucking, this is like an epiphany of somebody. This is the greatest thing in the world. I wish we could all do this, you know? And we could all make a movie like this. But yeah, Jamie's right. None of this shit was original. And mask killers? That's been going on forever by the time Carpenter did it. It ain't like he even put a mask on a guy for the first time. You think Psycho was the only fucking movie before Halloween? What are you, nuts? Texas Chainsaw had a mask. So there's nothing about this. That's and those just... were people being bumped off one by one. They were a group mm-hmm. of teens. But I mean, it's... it's And like I said, Halloween is amazing and it really is phenomenal. And I, I hold it in such high regard. So do you. Um, we all do. And every Halloween season is a pivotal part of our celebration for our fake holiday. It's extraordinarily important and means a lot in our lives. But that doesn't mean I'm about to heap on him, uh, you know, I don't know, act like he was the second coming. Even though his initials are JC. (laughs) (laughs) And Jesus was a carpenter. It's like, yeah, there you go. It's like, you know, climb down off the cross, buddy. You didn't... Dave, that is... I have to post that somewhere. Wow, that is the greatest thing I've ever heard somebody come off the top of their heads with. I'm so glad we hired you. I'm good for something, see? You finally have made it worth it that you're here. It only took you a year and a half. 
I gave you a bite. <laughs> now you got a bite. You go. A banana bite? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. Let me say something. John Carpenter is always... We're moving on. So... Here's the thing about... <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> I'm trying to move okay. on for you. I'm trying to... I'm just kidding. Just say something. Go ahead. <laughs> He's always been opinionated. We know that. He's Look at his movies and political shit. And he's always had all kinds of attitude. And now he's old and cranky. Right. And he's cranky because he can't do the same shit anymore. And nobody lines up to see his shit anymore. Yeah. Let's not forget that. It got, guys, let's not forget that John Carpenter is basically a 70s rocker. He's fucking... Complete with hairstyle. Yeah, complete with the fucking Hulk Hogan skulling. <laughs> you know, okay, let's just say, you know, me and Dave love the Smash of Pumpkins. And Billy Corgan, unfortunately, I love him, believe me. But I'm going to be real, because that's all I ever have been. Uh, he is a very bitter guy about the idea that that the pumpkins are not relevant at all like they were in the 90s. And he really has never come to terms with that. He can't handle it. Me and Dave and Matt Wazell were at one of his shows where he literally started a song off and said, this is from our new album, uh, album, album. And he, he, he named the album. Then he goes, for all six of you who bought the album, this is for you. So... He clearly knows no one's buying his stuff anymore. He's a he's he has a, a sense of bitterness to him, and he cannot cope with the idea that he's irrelevant. I think he just never got over that whole that whole altercation that he had with Jason in part four. Oh, oh, that's fucked up. Are you implying, just for people who don't get it, that? That Corey Feldman looked like Billy Corrigan with a shaved head? Yes, I am. Not, I'm not implying it. I'm outright saying it. I did a side-by-side photo comparison of that, and it is unreal. <laughs> it's uncanny. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Okay, my point is that John Carpenter is the same guy. He did something great. You know, the greatest album, in my opinion, for rock is Siamese Dream. The second greatest is... Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. For Dave, one of the greatest is Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. So these are really great pieces of work. Just like Halloween, The Thing, all that type of stuff. Now, neither one of these guys are okay with the idea that they're not the biggest thing in in horror uh, or whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah, I guess that's the only thing John Carpenter does. So he's he's not the king of horror anymore. He, He hasn't been for like 15, 20 years. Uh, 26 years, frankly. Um, and he's a bitter guy. Like Dave said, he's very cranky and bitter. So he has a lot of pent-up anger about life and the way it goes. Dude, when you turn 70, I hate to say it, but I've seen it with people in my family. It fucking happens. I've even told my wife. I said, listen, Irene, if I'm that way, when I'm that age, please tell me and do something about it. People that were... I'm talking about guys that were not like that all their life. And they get into their 70s, and all they do is fucking bitch and complain, and they're cranky. It's weird. It's, it's fucked up to see. But I think he is just falling in line like that. I think it happens with some people. So they all become like the wheelchair guy in the Texas Chainsaw remake? <laughs> <laughs> they become something fucked up. 
All right, guys, you know, I'm going to break up this segment uh, a little differently this time. You know, we haven't really mentioned that Prince... We did, well, no, we did mention that Prince died uh, when we were talking to Dan Chase on the last show. But what we didn't do is really give any kind of tribute to him. You know what? Shut up! You know, one of the big uh, things that Prince did... Or, not, I mean, this isn't big, but it's really cool what he did. Uh, he did a live performance of While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And I know, Dave, you're a huge fan of this. It was Tom Petty, Prince, maybe some other famous people. I really don't know. But check out Prince's guitar solo. We're going to take a break. Listen to his guitar solo on that song. And then we're going to come back. We're going to talk... Um, we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Return of the Living Dead. They have a new Blu-ray that just came out from Scream Factory. But before that, so check out this amazing guitar solo Prince did for the song While My Guitar Gently Weeps, which was originally written and played by the Beatles. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Artie Lang, and you're listening to the Skeleton Crew. <laughs> Fire! <laughs> awesome, dude. Thank you, man. You ain't got to explain shit. I've been robbing motherfuckers since the slave ship. With the same clip and the same 4-5, two-point black, a motherfucker sure to die. That's my word. Nigga even try to poke on, have his mother sing it. It's so hard. Yes, love. Love your fucking attitude. Because the nigga play pussy, that's the nigga that's getting screwed and bruised up from the pistol whipping. Wets on the neck from the necklace stripping. Well, John Carpenter, I'm sure, does not talk shit about other movies or franchises. I'm sure that he probably went home that night 
and said, ugh, I probably came off like a dick. Maybe I shouldn't really talk about other people's work, body of work or anything. Dave, surely he's never done this again. Oh, he's done it before and he's done it since. He, he just did it with fucking Night uh, or, or The Walking Dead. Oh, God. <laughs> well, apparently he said that uh, he says The Walking Dead was a movie that George Romero backed in 1968. And they have milked that <laughs> and they are still milking it. Basically. And uh, <sighs> yeah, he, he said that it's. He called it out. He called out The Walking Dead for being basically nothing but a rehash of Night of the Living Dead. Why? Why? I don't. Does he feel the need to do Every fucking this? zombie movie, I guess, would owe to Night of the Living Dead. I mean, they would all be compared to it because it's zombies, but whatever. I mean, it's, granted, it's a, it's a dr- Okay, yeah, but George Romero didn't really even invent zombies. Actually, zombies... What was first, Jamie? Uh, Vincent Price's Last Man on Earth or Return of Living, uh, Night of Living Dead? Last Man on Earth. That was first. Yeah, and uh, that came from, of course, Richard Matheson's I Am Legend, which Romero openly admits inspired Night of the Living Dead. Wow. Now, of course, they weren't zombies in I Am Legend, but they weren't really zombies and not the living dead. I mean, he never used that word and he called them ghouls. But um, but the actual word zombie had been around for a long time, too, like referring to voodoo zombies, the traditional Haitian. Oh, oh white zombie. Yeah, white zombie. Yeah, all that shit. Wow. So, man, it's like everybody who's held up as something for being godfathers of everything all were completely inspired. Well, everything is inspired by something. I mean, something makes you think of something. I mean, well, now, somebody Night started, Living, like Mary Shelley started shit. Night of the Living Dead, I I still say is a is an original idea. I mean, he was inspired by Richard Matheson, but he didn't tell the same story. It oh, wasn't no, <laughs> you know, it was he didn't do the same thing. And his creatures are different. It just they inspired him, but. Uh, I, I've even heard Romero say that, uh, I mean, he he takes issue with The Walking Dead. They asked Old and cranky. Him, yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, Jamie, he made Land of the Dead. If they watch The Walking Dead, <laughs> or if you watch The Walking Dead, you know that they make homages to Romero films constantly. Like, they, they, their, Bub has been in, has been in. Are you serious? Film. The guy with the headphones? Yeah, I mean, he didn't say anything, and they didn't call him Bub, but the, it was exactly the same zombie was there. He looked like him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, um, they nod. The, uh, really? the bald zombie with the plaid shirt from Dawn of the Dead has been in there. I mean, there has been a lot of them. They, they're constantly making homages to Romero. They love Romero. They love his series, but they, uh, they wanted him to be involved with The Walking Dead, and he wouldn't touch it because he's upset that this is his... I mean, I, and honestly, I can't really blame him because this, he created something amazing with Night of the Living Dead and he does, he never saw anything for it. I mean, it's fucking public domain. Anyone can do anything with it and he doesn't make a cent. So I would be kind of bitter too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I why? That. I mean, are you still thinking? I don't know. I don't know if I'd be bitter. I think he's old and cranky. Same fucking thing. <laughs> 
I really well, I think that's prob- that probably has something to do with it. Of but. But I feel you. I know exactly what you're saying about the whole Night of the Living Dead and public domain. And But he's made a lot of money since on other movies. I know. He didn't live a hard life. He's great. I'm not taking anything away from him. That's a whole other story. Alex, <laughs> Tar Man was in fucking The Walking Dead. We forgot to mention him. And I, I love him. Yeah. Remember, Jamie, when they had that Tar Man? Yes. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, was walking or the one in the the sewer one, right? Is yes. that the one you're referring to? Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Holy shit. Yeah, so they no, do- it doesn't look like Tarman in the stills, though. I mean, it... It. Oh, wait. No, it doesn't really look like him, but it... Exactly. But we know the inspiration. That's do all. you? Because I, I wouldn't be able to tell from this because his eyes aren't bulging, but I do see the rib cage in this picture. But um, how do you know that, though? Did he walk around like that guy? When I watched it, I said that to my wife. I said, I go, that's like... Yeah, that's, that's a Tarman. Exactly- yeah, that's exactly what Brian and I said to each other too. It was it was clear to fans, you know. I'm looking at stills, so I really can't. Well, yeah. yeah, stills isn't the same. But when you see it, you would have been like, oh, "Wait a second. Yeah, it's really. Like one of those. Let me rewind or wow. see. Let me see that again." They're like, "Fuck, that's Tar Man." Yeah, it's now I'm looking at him hold a girl up against the wall. I guess it looks a little bit more, huh? But as far as as far. As far as Carpenter's statement about it being a, you know, basically calling it a ripoff of, right. uh, I, big mouth. I cannot go along with that. Uh, I, I think there is a lot of bitterness going on with those two, you know, Night of the Living Dead and 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 Walking Dead because The Walking Dead ushered in this huge zombie boom. Where, I mean, zombie shit is just making money hand over fist now. Walking Dead is making money hand over fist. And, uh, and I believe Romero sitting back going, God damn it, I did this, you know, 50 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but guess what? A- asshole, why don't you make a TV show two years before they did? Why is it everyone else's fucking fault? But The Walking Haters. Dead is its own entity, and it has its own character creations, its own arcs, its own... I mean, there are things that it does that are miraculous in and of itself, and it deserves every bit of credit that it has gotten. You know, I, I don't, one, I don't think I'm they're sorry. writing on. I'm just, I don't think it, it's writing on anyone's coattails. I don't think it got anything dishonestly. You know, it became what it became because the comic series was fantastic, and the show that came from it was also fantastic. And Kirkman did, you know, what he did is and continues to do is really, really good, and he deserves the accolades. So, hey. I agree. I have not been defending him lately, that show. Jamie knows that. Walking Dead. I've been a fan. Some seasons are better than others, but I have not not been in the habit of defending them after this past season, some things that went down. Terrible. But, no, yeah. it wasn't terrible at all. No, actually, uh-uh. a lot of it was quite good. They just did a few things that I, I wasn't crazy about. Um, but I haven't been in the habit of defending them, but in this case, I am. Um, they didn't rip anybody off. That's stupid. And honestly, Carpenter and Romero are fucking just drinking on that haterade. That's all that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, bitches. And I don't know where Carpenter gets off having anything to say about that. I really don't. Because, I mean, I guess he's allowed to have an opinion. We all have opinions. But um, Romero, I said, I can still kind of get. I mean, I'd be mad too. I, not at them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit back and yeah, hate he- on... Kirkman, right? You'd be mad I would that just you didn't be think upset of it. That fuck me, I I came up with this shit, and and look, he's making millions of dollars, and Romero's never made millions of dollars. 
Oh, stop. Yes, he did. The 80s were booming with money. Yeah, but not yeah. that kind of money. Yeah, but not for him. <laughs> I mean, he's... He, I mean, he has had some success, and now with, I mean, because he does get money from Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, and all of the ones. Yeah, he has not lived a hard life. But We've look at hard. all the money he missed out on, that sweet, sweet money he's missed out on for Night of the Living Dead for all these fucking years. Yep. It's like if John Carpenter had never gotten anything for Halloween. Okay, all right, you know what? You guys have such a fucking problem with it. Then John Carpenter, go make your Halloween TV show. Uh... Uh, whatever your name is, go make your Friday the 13th a real TV show about Jason from fucking CW. Stop bitching about everybody else. If you have an idea, and you don't want nobody else to say, shit, you assholes are sitting on your ass not doing nothing with this. You know, all, all of us fans, all we all kept keep saying is, why isn't there another Jason movie? Why isn't there another Michael movie? Why isn't there another this? Why isn't there another that? And... Because somebody goes ahead and takes the initiative and apparently has the rights or whatever it is, it's all legal. I mean, the, uh, John Kirkman, whatever his name is, who does Return of the Living Dead, he obviously would be sued to shit if, this, if there's anything wrong with what he's doing. And clearly there's nothing wrong with it. So if you are so great, you people who are from the 70s, and are living off Wait, writing your you own. Wait, you just said John Kirkman or whoever does Return of the Living Dead. Every bit of that is wrong. Oh, did I say that? Okay, something. It's Robert Kirkman. Oh wow, I got Kirkman right. I'm surprised I got that. And right. the Walking Dead. Walking Dead, right? <laughs> if I, okay, I'll admit to everybody. I had six shots oh. of Jack Daniels. Oh no, five, five shots. I'm actually odd, Jamie. I'm not doing the even thing. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm going to go against hey. the grain on this one. Yeah. Um, Dude. Five, I've had five shots, so everything I say is not going to be perfect right now. But go ahead, Dave. What? Um, oh, shit. Gonna, I had a real Agree good. with me? Or, I mean, no, all I'm saying is if you guys are so protective of your shit, then go fucking reinvent it. Go put it out in today's society. You think you, you're sitting on a, a gold mine still? If, if Romero thought he was sitting on something, well, where's your show, bro? You know, you could have done The Walking Dead. Fuck them. It's all about money, apparently. All right. They're apparently Romero's... Fucking gravy train. <laughs> apparently Romero's net worth is about $35 million, so I don't feel sorry for him. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you, bro. You yeah, got your money. Get the about. fuck out of here. It could, have been a whole, it could have been a whole lot more, is all. <laughs> yeah, sure, it could have been, but, you know, and they're still crying about money. Fuck you. I, I, I don't... What do I have? I have... Okay. <laughs> I don't have $35,000. Dude, three years ago, I was writing a fucking outline. I don't think I have $35. <laughs> right, exactly. I was writing a fucking an outline for a novel or a screenplay, and it was called Final Girl. It was my idea. I had a whole fucking thing ready. I was going to write this. Well, wouldn't you know, last year, two movies came out, one called Final Girl, one called Final Girls. Am I complaining? I have no fucking money and it, my it wasn't stolen but now i can't write something called final girl wouldn't, it wouldn't work at this point so i'm not crying about it and i got no fucking money these guys have tons of money tons of respect adoration from the fucking from the world and they're crying because they missed a gravy train and they're already rich fuck you yeah fuck you 35 shove your 35 million dollars up your ass and and then bitch about your shit <laughs> Uh, don't talk jerk. smack about Grandpa George. I love him. I can't know. <laughs> I love him. He didn't say it. 
I mean, he has, but Dave he's saying that did. He did in the past, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, no, I have no problem either. But, dude, what the fuck are you complaining about? You got your money. Go fucking live your little life. You're, you're, you were 80 when these movies came out. Do you have much time left? Do you really need... You couldn't... <laughs> You you couldn't spend your fucking money before you drop dead and you become a zombie. You couldn't you couldn't even ugh, please. Yeah, dude. Stop with your bullshit. You know, like dude, grow the fuck up. They need drugs. <laughs> yeah, really. You need buy use your money for drugs. Yeah, smoke weed again. They probably got too old for fucking uh, drugs. You know they both use a lot of drugs in their time. Oh, please. They, they gotta start just smoking weed again and chill the yeah, fuck out. Yeah, John Carpenter says he wrote Halloween 2 in a six pack. We all know it was a fucking smorgasbord. It was an eight ball. That's what it yeah, was. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't a yeah, six pack. Yeah, not a six pack, it's eight ball. <laughs> okay, so let's stick to one more Halloween thing before we get out of this. And, it, and we did mix it up a little bit with the zombie shit, so... Uh, one more Halloween tidbit is that some guy is not directing Halloween. Uh, by the way, I'm still sitting by the idea. This is not happening I at all. Day anyway. one. Matter of fact, episode fucking uh, 14 came out today, right? A fucking exploding heads. It was recorded a few weeks ago or something. And on that fucking show a few weeks ago, it was brought up because we were talking about Hush, the other Flanagan movie. And someone said, oh, yeah, he's directing Halloween. I said, I guarantee it's not going to fucking happen. I didn't believe it for a second. Sure enough. <laughs> Salute. Incidentally, John Carpenter's net worth Sorry. also $35 million. Oh, wow. Wow, that's it? You would think that he would fucking have a lot more still, than Romero. And he's still bitter? He blew it on coke and horse. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, was was this new Holloway movie, was, was it this guy directing? Was that like a major part of this? Yeah, it was just a rumor that he was going to be the guy to direct it that's all so all we really know is Carpenter is doing what we don't know what right unless you guys have some news I don't know I don't I barely follow it anymore well what the hell did we say in the last show uh, wasn't he something about doing the score oh no just that he was involved and I think we were pontificating on whether or not he would do the score and you know etc so he's just involved yeah, I think that's yeah. all we know, honestly. All we know. I don't think I ever heard that Flanagan was being was being talked about to do that. I, yeah, I this was going been, around for a month now. I would have been super fucking happy had I heard that because I absolutely love Flanagan. I mean, dude, right now is four for four with me. He cannot. He can do no wrong until I see Ouija two. Um, <laughs> be good. I, I will stand by that. Um, okay, Jamie, just fill people who don't know. Uh, what did what four movies did he make so far? Okay, well, uh, his first movie was Absentia, which was uh, amazing. And we covered it on the very first episode of the baby season in horror, instantly. Uh, then he did Oculus, which was a, had a theatrical oh, Excellent, excellent. And uh, then he did Hush. And then the most recent one was at, at Before I Wake, which... Oh my god. Uh, Dave, did you ever end up watching that? No, I plan to very soon. And I gotta tell you, that movie took me on a huge emotional journey. It was so powerful. So good. He, I mean, I just, he can't mess it up. And of course, now now Ouija 2 is about to come out, and he is, he did that. And so the only reason that I'm interested in seeing a sequel to that (laughs) of a film is because Flanagan Flanagan is involved, or Flanagan did it, and he, like I said, it has so far done no wrong. I mean, right. he's, I agree. he's just—he's just batting a thousand, and yeah, he's the man. Um, he's the man right now. They'd be lucky to have 
I mean, he's a, it's like he sold his soul to the devil or something. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, uh, you know that, uh, did you guys ever see that episode of Tales from the Dark Side based on the Stephen King story where the author gets the, the magic computer and he's like, um, you know. Oh yeah, word processor of the gods? Yeah, word processor, word processor of the gods. And, uh, um, I'm sitting there thinking he's like, you know, he's typing in, I want ideas for 10 hit movies that, you know, um, Oh, shit. And he wrote, I, I know what you did last summer, the, the the one that they're supposed to be remaking. Yeah, which is yeah. one reason that I am not um, all pissed off about that because I, 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 I trust him. <laughs> not that I care about it, I know what you did last summer because I really don't. But No, right. yeah, no just, I would just be pissed that it's, I think it's too soon for a remake of oh, that. I know. Shouldn't we be remaking night, movies from 1968? Why are we making. I know. They just did Cabin Fever and fucking Murder this past year. Oh. Which is crazy. That's yeah, those are, and Murders isn't even a decade old, you know. It's, <laughs> come on, it's not even cold yet. Yeah, guys, get an idea. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I'm looking forward to anything he does. Anything. So, guys, he's not doing Halloween. In Jamie's perspective, you are missing out. And uh, in my perspective, this movie's not happening anyway, so who the fuck cares? Okay, so uh, the only other thing I want to touch about Halloween is one thing that occurred to me this past weekend. I was watching Jaws because, yeah, it's July. It was July 4th. I actually watched it on the day of July 4th. And we, have, we actually have a few Jaws things to talk about here. Uh, uh, but the first one is, I, just to keep it in, because I like to keep things together so your mind is in, is in one place at a time. I feel like Jaws 2 is the equivalent of Halloween 2. Like Shark in a Hospital? No. <laughs> I know where going. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like, I know okay. Going with this. Yeah, Jaws and Halloween are untouchable, right? Yeah. Sure. Would you say? Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Sure. Now, both sequels are awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, Jaws two is a really great attempt at a sequel. I mean, it's not better than Jaws, but it is a really comparable extension. It's different, but great. Different, but so is Halloween 2. It's exactly the same thing. Halloween 2 and Jaws 2 are kind of like, uh, or like Halloween and Jaws are for the grown-ups, and then Halloween 2 and Jaws <laughs> 2 are for the teenagers. So it's like it's it's like the audience was they were aiming for the audience that they knew were going to be hitting those yeah. theaters. I mean, you know, um, Jaws is a very adult film with very adult themes. It goes deep into character development. You know, Halloween is is sort of an elevated film in that it's it's artistic and and he's. Uh, I mean, it's arguably um, you can still just look at it and. I think anyone can enjoy it. We all have since we were kids, but right. the but it is it has sort of a, an adult feel to it. Whereas Halloween Two goes straight for the throat. It's full on slasher, which is and, weird, isn't it? That yeah, it's nineteen seventy eight, right? It's before it? Friday. You know what I mean? The slasher wasn't even happening in seventy eight. Right, 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 
Jaws 2 has sort of like a slashery vibe to it, you know. Um, also, I mean, and I do like the, the approach that they took with Jaws 2 because it's aimed at teenagers. So they said, you know, we had the adults in the first movie. Right. This movie, who's going to be going to see this movie? Who's going to go to the drive-in? Who's going to be, you know, making out in the theaters and all that? Teenagers are. They're going to go see this sequel to this shark movie, and that's who we're going to hit. So they made this film around teenagers. And Weren't they all on the boat and Jaws was attacking teenagers? And yeah, stuff? I mean, they did what teenagers do. They cruise. Only in, in Amity, they don't cruise in cars. They cruise in boats because right. that's what they do. And so, but they're basically just your average everyday teenager doing teenager stuff. Right. Yeah, well, it has to be relatable to us. It was very purposeful and relatable, and I think done really well. Shark! <laughs> they're, they're like, perfect. And, and it's funny, a guy on our Facebook page, Matthew Tangent, he actually said the same thing. And it's weird because I was thinking it while I was watching Jaws uh, 1, and Tiffany kept saying, you know, I never saw Jaws 2. Do you have those? And I was like, hey, listen, we did, a, <laughs> we did a retro in 2013. I got all four of them. She goes, four? I go, yeah, they made four. And uh, and then some other guy, a Frank, I think it's Frank Del Vecchio, he told us they made Jaws 5. And have you either one of you seen this? Uh, Cruel Jaws. It's not Jaws 5. It's a whole other movie called Cruel Jaws. Which is a complete ripoff of fucking Jaws. It's well, it's a it's a it's a Bruno Mattei film. Which, if anyone knows anything about him, huh. he is an Italian director who basically rips off other films. <laughs> it's like he had like he has um, Hell of the Hell of the Living Dead. Is that the Mattei? Yeah, it, which is basically Are you serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's what he does. He that's watches, his mo. He oh yeah, that he watches really good movies and then he goes and makes shitty Italian versions. <laughs> And he uses the score, you know, in Hell of the Living Dead, he took, he swiped the score straight from Dawn of the Dead. Oh so that's his MO, that's what he does. So Did, didn't he use footage in fucking Cruel Jaws? Yeah, so somebody said that he used too much footage in that one so they couldn't release it on Scream Factory or something? Yeah, that's what, yeah. It, because that's what he does. That's what he's known for. But how is he allowed to use that footage, though? I don't think he is. I mean, I don't think he cares. I don't. Really, I don't really know the legalities behind what he does. Um, but um, if you, I would, I would recommend checking out. Watch Dawn of the Dead, then go watch Hell of the Living Dead, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. It's just. Wow. I mean, for one, they're laughably bad. I mean, hilarious, oh, really? hilariously oh, yeah. awful movies that you just. I think they're enjoyable because they're. They're so shitty. But, um, so I recommend watching them just for the hell of it, just because they're funny. But um, he just is, um, yeah, he's not a very inspired filmmaker. He just does it for. No, that's all he is, is inspired. Yeah, you know, he just does it. <laughs> yeah. He just does it to, you know, to make a buck. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't know if anybody cares or, or whatever, but Scream Factory. Scream Factory. You guys, do you guys know what I just referenced? I do. The, you do? The, the fucking, the, of course, the fucking, what do you call it? The girl, <laughs> the dude from the fucking sleepaway camp. Thing. Oh my God, you remember. Of course I remember. Scream Factory. Yeah. So, Felissa Rose, I, I'm so glad that Scream Factory released sleepaway camp. You know, Aunt Martha was my favorite. And uh, I don't like picking favorites. It's hysterical, that whole fucking... Wow, you remember that bit. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I do remember. What, what Dave's referring to is when me and Jamie did a show called uh, Camp Awesome Whack, and we did our second interviews with uh, Felissa Rose and Jonathan Tearson, who were, uh, you know, uh, Angela and Ricky from Sleepaway Camp. Right, Angela? Right, Angela. Wow, you remember this shit. <laughs> Dude, Holy that's classic shit. shit. That's Skeleton oh. Crew fucking at its finest. Are you oh, kidding my. me? It was on the best of Show 100, too. It should be. It better have been. It's uh-huh. awesome. Um, I somehow picked a guy out of Felissa Rose's wall in her Facebook page who did a, a happy birthday message to her and he was such a fucking weirdo that I had to pull the audio <laughs> and then put it on our show. It was classic, man. So listen to show show 90. Go to show 90 and then go to the minute mark of 49 minutes and 15 seconds. It says, Alex and Jamie talk Sleepaway Camp Insights, then the crew listens to a happy birthday message to Felissa Rose. Didn't you actually get contacted by that guy? That guy, uh, can you believe this? He is such a fan of Sleepaway Camp that he somehow found that show and then flipped out on us on on YouTube. YouTube, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for what we did to him. He said, how dare you mock me? And you're against the transgender community. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I didn't know. Leave Britney alone. Leave Britney alone. (laughs) And uh, some people actually thought that you, Jamie, were Felissa Rose. And and they said, Felissa Rose is a bitch making fun of you. And he goes, no, that wasn't Felissa Rose. That was one of their hosts. So uh, I forgot my point. Scream Factory. Oh, Scream Factory. Right. They are, they released, I think it's them. Who released all the Jaws movies on Blu-ray? Isn't it them? Or no? I don't think so. No, no. I think it was uh, Universal. Oh, oh <laughs> of course it was. Okay. Yes, it was Universal. Okay, so supposedly if you guys want to buy Jaws 1 through 3, they are all on Blu-ray and 4 is not. They're because... all at Walmart too. Yeah. Cheap. One one of Jamie's best lines on the show was, "I'm not a huge somebody something fan." The whoever is the main guy, Mark Van Peebles or something. Mario what? Van Peebles. Oh, Mario yeah. Van Peebles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she said, "I'm not a huge Mario Van Peebles fan," and we were like rolling. Uh, yeah, like yeah, any of us are. <laughs> hey man, New Jack City. <laughs> They decided not to put Jaws 4 on Blu-ray. But uh, Scream Factory uh, eventually did put Psycho 4 on Blu-ray. Apparently it's not even out yet. But it, it, they, it is going to Blu-ray this summer, apparently. And uh, after our review on the retrospective, no one's buying Psycho 4 on Blu-ray. So, uh... They're not? I'm not. Jamie's not. Are you? Um, no, I already own it on DVD. Exactly. I That's might enough. get it if the price is right, but anyway, uh, I, I think they sold. I think they did sell okay. And I've watched it. Exa- I've watched it exactly zero times since we did the retrospective. <laughs> so I don't think I'm going to be throwing down money to get it on Blu-ray. Right. That's my point. I have never watched it again after that retrospective. I haven't since, but I want to. And if the price is right, I'm going to. Just because it's that series and it's Anthony Perkins, and I want. I think I owe it to. 
to myself to watch it again. So if the price is right for the blue. Dave, it is not out. Nobody, what do you mean it's sold well? It's going to be released on August 23rd. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, the other thing sold well then, the DVD they put out. Remember it was like two, three, and four? Oh, yeah. Well, of course it sold well. There's two and three on it. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, guys, I just mentioned the release date. Have fun with that if you want to torture yourself. Okay, so, uh, let's jump right to another Anthony. Let's, stay, let's segue this again. Uh, so, Scream Factory released a Blu-ray. It's a, it's a combo pack. I know Jamie saw it. It's Edge of Sanity, starring Anthony Perkins and Destroyer. <laughs> starring Lyle Alzado, the, he's historically famous. I mean, if you're an 80s kid on any level, you have seen, the like, there was a whole thing about Lyle Alzado. And um, it was all about, he released these weird videos of himself when he was, like, dying. Uh, he was slowly withering away. Dave, what was the whole thing? He claimed that... Steroids. Steroids, yeah, killed him. And in reality, didn't they find out he had cancer? I don't like, remember. All I know is that he was the poster boy at the time. Right. But why not? Why steroids are bad? I remember that. That was a big deal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so he made these weird videos. I'm sure you could find them somewhere. Type in Lyle Alzado if you figure out how to fucking spell it. <laughs> <laughs> he played for the Raiders. And, uh, yeah, he, like, uh, died, and he, like, videotaped the whole thing happening. It's really creepy. Oh, no, thank you. Oh. Yeah. So, but before he died, he was, like, a really jacked guy, obviously, because he was on steroids. And he made this movie, a B-movie, horror movie, called The Destroyer. And they felt that neither Edge of Sanity or Destroyer were big enough titles to sell on their own. So they just mashed these two random movies together and, and put them on Blu-ray. And I actually... I've been cut off from Scream Factory. I used to get their stuff for free. Um, then I didn't do a very good job of posting it on the horror bid page. So they pretty much cut me off. I, I totally screwed up. Someone got a vibrator going or something? That's the thing at Jamie's house. I don't know what that is. But I'm going to mute that out. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute it out of the whole show. But oh, okay. since you said that, I'm going to leave it in so people hear what you just were talking about. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it is bizarre. I think Jamie's like married to a robot. Uh, is Brian a robot? Are you sure he's a human being? <laughs> he might be. No one's ever seen him in real life. <laughs> right. Well, maybe he's a robot. <laughs> maybe that's why he's so great. <laughs> I know. He can't be yes, real, I, right? I programmed him perfectly. Maybe she's like that Twilight Zone. Remember when they all the people were robot, or the, even the daughter was a robot, right? Yeah, you're a robot. <laughs> she's not a robot. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh the opposite of fucking what do you call it oh uh, what's that place that movie um elf elf no 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 that when well, all the chicks are <laughs> oh the stepford wives oh yes the stepford, stepford wives yes it's like the reverse dress it's, it's the stepford husbands were fucking crying oh which was actually a thing that was a thing the yeah. stepford husbands was yeah I never heard of that. It was a I TV. wish I could be a perfect husband. The, the, the movie was great, though, for the original, I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Not piece of shit, but fucking the <laughs> Nicole Kidman. Uh, yeah. So, the, 
now, Jamie, you've seen both these. Uh, Dave, you too. I mean, if you have, you have. Ha- have either one of you seen both these movies? Did you get Edge of Sanity and Destroyer from Screen Factory? What'd you do? Oh. <laughs> we <laughs> didn't never watch them. We didn't watch them. <laughs> Edge of Sanity is worth a watch. It's fucked up. Oh, okay. Um, I just don't... Uh, and Destroyer came up at one point because we were talking about movies... We're tossing around movies to do for ABCs because uh, we had a guest. We have a guest coming on um, eventually. Uh, Cecil from Good Bad Books is going to be coming on, and uh, so he sent me a bunch of options to the things that he might want to talk about. And I think Destroyer was one of the ones that he threw out. And Brian was like, eh. "Yeah, Brian's like we're already in G." <laughs> but this was early on. So, Dave, you saw Edge of Sanity with uh, Norman Bates, Anthony Perkins. Now, it's basically a very sexual... It's fucked up, yeah. It's fucking Jekyll and Hyde type shit. It's fucking crazy. But it's fucked up. Yeah, I forgot. How does he become Jekyll and Hyde? Oh, he's on drugs, right? I don't... I tell you, when I saw it, it was when it first came out. So when was it? I rented it on VHS. I think it was like 87. Well, whenever it was... Yeah, I rented it on VHS way back in the day, like I rented everything. It was just another movie that came and went. And all Living the VHS life? Hell yeah. <laughs> it's good, guys. If you're an Anthony Perkins psycho fan, it's definitely um, worth watching because it's so bizarre and it's, it's really sexual, like in a weird, perverse way. And it kind of feeds into his whole probably normal life. Because remember how he he was kind of weird sexually in a way? He was weird. I think he was just... I think he was a... a he was in the closet most of his life, that's all. He was just a gay well, man. He, he was sort of... No, I think he was bisexual because he was married with two kids. Yeah, and then he, you know, he did a fucking... What do you call it? Like a Caitlyn Jenner. I can't uh, believe I said What? No, he did A didn't. Bruce Jenner. What are you talking about? Oh, he didn't... No, he didn't get a sex change. Of course not. But he had a family and he was a... She identified as a straight man for most of his life to the public. But he was in the closet. He swung both ways. And then, then he came out gay like, later on. Didn't come out gay because he didn't do that. No, well, he had AIDS. But you never saw that biography on the E! Network about fucking... No. Uh, the E! True Hollywood Story about Anthony Perkins? Well, back then, only gay guys really got AIDS, right? Because that's where it kind of spread the most. And then it... Then because gay guys were bisexual, then it went to women or something? Is that how that all happened? Like, why was AIDS always associated with gay guys? I guess because they can get it the easiest. How? Because their assholes tore up more than vaginas? It has to do with stuff like that. Just like it's easier for women to get it compared to men. Really quick. This, because I, like I said, I was watching Jaws over 4th of July weekend, which is by, like uh, a mistaken uh, tradition, because I don't even try that hard to get it on that date, but somehow it keeps coming up. It keeps floating up to the surface. No? Nothing? Okay. Oh, okay. Thank you. How's <laughs> that? Uh, so, this story that Quint told about he was in the U.S., Marine something that dropped the bomb on Hiroshima. It was like a Indianapolis, the US Indianapolis, and they were coming back after delivering the bomb. A submarine hit them, or something, or some someone shot something, and they they were they spilled out into the water. There were like a thousand guys or more, and the bomb killed most of them. And then whoever fell into the water 
like the Titanic movie, they were all just kind of swimming around where the boat sank. And apparently, like, a couple sharks came at them and ate them. Uh, and like Jamie said, in reality, Quint made it seem like they all mostly died of sharks because they kind of amped it up for Jaws. But in reality, all those guys in that boat mostly died from drinking seawater and going crazy because they all they could do all day is swim or float i guess when you're dreaming when you go to sleep i guess they just somehow floated um they all float <laughs> well they did have life jackets oh okay uh so eventually they just became so thirsty they figured well, we could just drink this water and i guess if you drink too much salt you go crazy so um I was wondering, what is the duck? Because I became really into that story when I watched Jaws the last time because it was Steven, uh, Spielberg's favorite scene of that movie. What documentary did you say we could watch about to find out about that actual real story? Oh, Jesus. Uh, wait, about this, the story of the shark attacks or the story of the Indianapolis? Well, the Indianapolis. Worth. Okay, the Indianapolis one, I don't remember what it was called. It was on, I, I saw it on, like, the History Channel or something like that. So it's probably uh, called, like, the USS Indianapolis or the sinking of the Indian. I don't know. It's something, Indianapolis is going to be in the title. Yeah, yeah, that's good enough. As long as we can put that keyword in. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's a really good, because they actually talked to some of the survivors. Um, yeah? Yeah, and and they talk about just uh, just how horrible it was. And, uh, yeah, sharks were the least of their... I mean, it, they were bad, but it was not... Uh, it was I mean, like it was Quinn just, said. It was awful, you know, the whole thing. Because to me, the most fascinating part about that is if you've ever... If you know anything about a ship sinking, about the mechanics of a ship sinking, you know, when it actually physically sinks... Like Titanic, it, you mean? It creates... Yeah, I mean, it creates this... A suction suction yeah and the horrible part of that where the guys who even got managed to get off were then dragged under by the suction of the ship going under and to me that is that has got to be just a terrifying ordeal because you know you think you made it and then you're just you know there's nothing you can do it's like going down a sink train yeah exactly (laughs) <laughs> and that, just, that has got to be a horrible thing. And they describe it in, um, and just, oh, it's so moving and, and so good. I, I really highly recommend it. If you can find it, definitely check that out. Yeah. Um, as for interested. the shark attacks that this was based on, there's a book called 12 Days of Terror that is all about uh, the New Jersey, the Jersey Shore shark attack that's based on. Now, the other thing which Jamie's talking about is, while they were trying to convince the mayor in Jaws that this is a very serious thing, he's territorial, and these attacks will continue to happen unless we do something about Jaws, Richard Dreyfus, I think, mentioned the attacks in 19... Check it out, guys. This is incredible. In 1916, 100 years ago... Like, by the time this show comes out, last week, 100 years ago, last week, was the biggest shark attack in history. And it's exactly when Jaws took place. It was the 4th of July weekend, but I think in reality, it was like July 2nd to the 12th or something? Or something like that? Yeah, I mean, the the 4th was in there. Like, it It was in there. Yeah. 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 
So they made the reason we're bringing it up is because it was a hundred years ago now, right now, a hundred years ago, the biggest thing took place. Now, Jamie, on that retro, you mentioned that documentary. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a book uh, which is excellent called Twelve Days of Terror, which they then made into a film um, called also called Twelve Days of Terror, and it was pretty good. It's a pretty faithful recreation of the book. It's a lower budget film, but uh, definitely indie. Uh, but uh, if you are interested in the facts that inspired Peter Benchley to write Jaws, then you should definitely seek it out. And it's kind of horrifying. It's a little bit different. I mean, it's a lot, a lot different from Jaws because it, it was just an inspiration. But the, the fascinating thing about those is that these were freshwater attacks, which means, I mean, there's one shark that can live in freshwater and the hammerhead. The, no, the bull shark, <laughs> or the Zamb- or it's also known as the Zambezi, because it lives in the Zambezi River. But um, it can live in freshwater, and it's also one of the three. Of, it's one of the deadly triumphs. The three that are most known for the great white. For yeah, the great white, the bull, and the tiger. The sperm shark. Oh, tiger. <laughs> the tiger shark. The sperm whale. Are the three that are no, known. The sperm whale. Are their the most shark. common. <laughs> Sounds like a good porno. <laughs> The sperm shark's coming, guys. <laughs> yeah, let's hope her jaws are big enough to take this. Never mind. This oar. Uh, <laughs> so they're, they're most often called man eaters, and um, and so these attacks took place in fresh water. So naturally, it's a, you sh- it makes sense that they were likely killed by a bull shark, you know, um, that just sort of got into the riverway from the ocean. And but how could that happen? Swimming up and down the well because rivers are connected to oceans. So but how rivers are salt water? No, rivers are fresh water, but they are connected. How? Where does the salt end? Oh, somewhere along the way. I don't think there's like a wall. Um, but it just, <laughs> it just like at some point. I mean, because rivers empty into the ocean, so it flows towards. Oh, the other way. So it oh. flows exactly. So at some point. The shark made his way through tributaries from from the ocean into and the river. Eight people, like and you don't expect to ever run into a shark in a river. I mean, you you know, if you're chilling by the riverbank on a on a hot day, that's the last thing you think you're going to see. Um, so it's not something that people were looking for, or and it's a rare occurrence, you know. Here, it doesn't. It, I don't know of any other time to say. Maybe I want to say I may have heard a story about one being in the Mississippi River at one point, but I could be making that up. I'm not sure if that's fact or not. But um, you know, Dave, Jamie actually got out of her pool because of she thought of Jaws. I did, yeah. Instances. I've gotten out of a lake. Now there is no damn way there's going to be a shark in a lake, bull shark or not, unless somebody takes one and dumps it in there. There is not going to be a shark in a lake. But oh, I, Lake Placid. But, uh, well, that's a crocodile. <laughs> oh, I didn't watch it. <laughs> they can actually go over on land, you know. But the, and but back home, we have this big lake, Lake Lanier, and um, huge. It's huge. And uh, you can't see the bottom. But lakes in the south are very murky. And you can't really see your feet even if you're in lake water most of the time. I used to get, and I used to be in the lake, and I would start thinking about it, and I'd have to get out of the water i'd have to get on the boat like i'm like nope i'm out 
you know, just because I have no idea what's swimming underneath me. And this was a man-made lake, so there are there's actually a town under there, um, kind of like a in town, a town oh, like Lost City of Atlantis, and um, like in Oh Brother Where Thou, where they flooded the the valley. Um, you know, and so there are like houses under there and, and trees. Really? Yeah, like full grown trees that you can hit your feet on in, in shallow areas. But um, yeah. And anyway, uh, it's creepy to me because you have no idea what's underneath you. And um, all right, so the more legitimate than hearing about the big four franchises, um, it's a movie that most people do not like, but it's being remade. I'm a huge fan of it. And Jamie's a huge fan of the book, and so is Dave. But I'm a huge fan of the movie, and it's being remade. And it's called Stephen King's It. But I don't know if the remake is going to be called Stephen King's It Remake, but uh, it just will probably be called It. So it's being remade. And the only thing we have on this so far is we talked about the, the guy being cast as Pennywise. We keep... It's like kid who's from some cranks christmas with the cranks or some kind of comedy thing i don't even know what it is he's from something yeah i have no clue what he's from yeah some comedy thing i don't even know what it is um and but now we got a photograph apparently of all the kids who were cast for the kids section of the movie and they are bizarre looking it is the most eerie photograph you're ever gonna see it's like, you know, it's the loser, uh, what do they call themselves, the loser club or something? Yeah, that's what they are, the losers The club. losers, the loser club? The losers club. Yeah. Now, they all look like, you ever see burn victims when their nose goes away? And it's just uh, like two nostrils? What? What'd you say about <laughs> burn victims? Did you see all the kids on the bottom row of the picture? All you see are nostrils. They... They don't have noses. I did not notice that. <laughs> okay, wait. I, I really want Jamie to see this. Okay, hold on. Jamie, mm. I am going to send you this picture. They all look like Jackie Earl Haley. Watch. <laughs> I'm going to send this to you right now. There's something wrong with these kids. A debate ensued on a exploding debate. heads about yeah. it? Oh, yeah, because I had a whole different take on it. I wasn't saying they looked weird. I was saying... <laughs> Oh, their ages were wrong. Yeah, that they're because the the kids had freaking earbuds. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And I'm thinking, if they're supposed to be in the '90s, how could there be earbuds? Oh wow! Oh my lord! Look at the noses on the bottom row. That is an that is an unfortunate camera angle. <laughs> Look at that kid in the striped shirt. What's up with that? Yeah, you know what he looks like. Isn't that how where's Waldo dresses? <laughs> Yeah, he looks like he ate Where's Waldo. <laughs> he found him and ate him. <laughs> Sit down, Waldo. Yeah, that chick on the far right, she has like an iPod. Right. Yes, and so does the other kid in the back. In, in the back row standing up, he has, you can see he has, she has earbuds in. You can see them coming out, and so does she. And she has right. an iPod or a cell phone. That's what I was saying. But then somebody said, well, it's probably not a picture of them in the movie. It's probably just a picture of them the way they look now. I'm thinking, man, it looks oh, like maybe. But why would they be dressed that way? It looks like they're trying to. Well, maybe it, maybe it, they took a break during filming and <laughs> they took a photo of them. Maybe. I don't, I, I don't know, man. Now I just want to say that Beverly Marsh 
everybody knows in the actual book, she actually had sex with all those boys. Now, looking at this new Beverly Marsh, I, mean, I, I just got to say, man, I want to fuck that kid. Uh, I don't know if I'd say that out loud. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I definitely would not want to do that to this girl. But you're crossing into the Jason Lloyd territory. All right, we'll get uh, started in a minute. So, uh, how was your date last night? It was all right. Yeah, with that Julie chick? Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? I fucked her. <laughs> no shit, was it good? It was all right, you know, but to tell you the truth, I think she's a little bit too old for me. Oh yeah? How old is she? She's 17, but she's practically 18. What do you mean? Look at you, you're 34 years old. Yeah, but I don't want to be dealing with chicks over 15. It's like once they get their license, they don't give a shit. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know, it's a little young for me though, you know. There ain't nothing better than a tight, innocent snatch. Uh, yeah. Look, dude, I'm gonna get off Skype for a minute and just run some tests, and when everybody else gets on, I'll just call you and let you know, okay? I'll give you a buzz. (laughs) (laughs) She's 15. You know when they get their license, they're not interested or something. Uh, now, Dave, what is your problem? Because I thought it was because they all look five years younger or four years younger than the kids from the original movie. Now, you're saying, what's wrong? That they have iPods? Why does that matter? Well, because think about it. If the movie's made now, the adults are going to be from 2016. Oh, so the adults have to be in the future. Yeah, they're going to have people from fucking 2040. What is this, Back to the Future do? You're right. To make yeah. this make sense, if you have iPods, then that means that the adults have to take place... No, but that's the same bullshit. Oh, no, wait. So in the original movie, It, did they make it like those kids were from the... Fi- yeah, from the 50s, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. So 30 years later. So they have to be from 2046. So we're going to see a futuristic movie for the second No year? fucking way. Of course not. That is ridiculous. No. But imagine if they did that. Then, then this would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, imagine that they're dressed up like the people in Batch of the Future 2 with the fucking shiny clothes. <laughs> hey, McFly! You don't have any power! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? So they're obviously not going to do that. But, like I said, it's probably not for the movie, but it, it got into this big debate. People were saying, oh, you're nitpicking this. And I'm like, well... Not really. Know. How do you not see what I'm saying? And then the debate really became... Is this a, a picture of them on the set, or is it off the set, or, or what is it? Is it a promotional thing? Okay, in all honesty, let's be real. The world has not really changed in 30 years. I mean, we have a few more gadgets, but it ain't like the we have moving sidewalks and space. It ain't like the fucking Jetsons. So it's not like anything is really going to change 30 oh. years from now, dude. You know, we're not going to be flying around in dome cars. Nothing is going to happen. You know, it's going to be the same old shit. Our TVs will be thinner. Our phones will be... A t- How can they get any thinner? Right. Our our phones will just be chips in our head. But other than that, it's nothing visible on camera. I mean, nothing... They're, they're not going to redo every building in the world and make it glass or silver, shiny. Like, nothing's going to change. This is all, this is all going to be the same. You know, maybe food will be in a pill... And it'll it'll control weight and things will be better that way or whatever, but nothing's gonna happen. So you actually could make this movie work without having anything futuristic. <laughs> but they're not. I mean, they're not gonna set in two thousand forty-seven. Well, they have to. They have to. That's the story. 
obviously I'm wrong. Obviously that's not how they're going to look in the movie. And if it is how they look in the movie, then then we all have a problem. You know? I guess. But Then yeah. it's going to be like those movies where you can't tell what, like, it follows. You know? Where you can't yeah, you tell what, what the hell is happening. What year it is and shit. Well, anyway, I was in the car today at work. And uh, we had a pretty easy day, so we hung out in the truck a lot. Uh, because we were done with our job. And you know what song came on? Don't Fear the Reaper. And oh, that... What? <clears throat> that was the song that I walked down the aisle to at my wedding. It is? Fucking yeah. cool. I don't know if you guys realize this, but we talked about it. You're listening to a show where the three hosts all got married on Friday the 13th. They're separate ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Now, what is yours, Dave? What exact day and year? Uh, January thirteenth, so two thousand twelve. January thirteenth. I got married November thirteenth, two thousand fifteen. Which was the day that I got engaged. Oh yeah. Jamie gets <laughs> married May Friday the thirteenth, two thousand sixteen. We all got married on Friday the thirteenth. How incredible is that? <laughs> it's it's unbelievable, and it is we're unbelievable. all on the same show. It's like That's crazy. We have to. We're supposed to be here. It's like I said before, but there's not any other podcast in history where three hosts are on it and they all got married on a Friday the Thirteenth. No, not in history. You're listening to historic shit, and you can't fake this. <laughs> we're dropping history. Yeah, now we're dropping history. <laughs> um. So, Jamie, please inform all of us because we all love you and care very much we all like brian everybody fell in love with brian on show 101 it's a very lovecraftian show now please tell us everything that was horror incorporated in your wedding because we know you went all out judging by your pictures uh, I yeah I did uh, well I tried to and still keep it um, somewhat traditional you know my gown was traditional Brian still wore tux uh, we still had a tiered wedding cake but we had uh, our wedding toppers were Cthulhu for him and Reagan from Exorcist for me. Now was her head spinning like constantly? No, oh. but that would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be puking up something green that tasted good. Yeah, just keep you know? shooting out across the room. Yeah, like some candy shit that was green. We cut the cake with a machete that I had engraved <laughs> with our names and date, which uh, you guys have seen the, the picture of that, too. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. Let's see. Oh, I had posters made. There were posters made that we decorated the reception hall with where I just took horror movie posters that we love and changed the titles and some of the specific uh, wording um, like maybe if the, I changed the tagline or, or I added our names as starring, you know. Um, so like we had Dawn of the Wed. Uh, <laughs> uh, we had Vows instead of Jaws. We I had Friday the 13th for obvious reasons, and I just kept it Friday the 13th. But instead of his knife in the in the poster, I added a bouquet of flowers. And then I changed it where it says a 24-hour... How does it Something of terror. terror. Yeah, I changed it to a 24-hour celebration of love. Wow. And uh, we had Return of the Loving Dead instead of Return of the Living Dead. Oh, amazing. Um, we had, oh, Jason Voorhees was at our wedding, and uh, he did some 
photos with us and the bridal party uh, down by the lake because we were uh, we were married on a lake and um, we had a lot of fun with that. The photographer was crazy into it. She was so cute. She was just like, I've never done anything like this before. And <laughs> so she was just all about it. And that was Well, you better fun. get the lighting right, bitch. <laughs> I think she did a fabulous job. <laughs> we had uh, Brian's song when he, at the beginning, at the, for the ceremony, Brian's song was Welcome to My Nightmare. And then wait, wait, is that when from Alice I, Cooper? Alice Cooper, yeah. Oh, my God. And then when I was when I was about to come down the aisle, it started playing the. I made this mix where it played the wedding march, and like the bridal march. And then there was I added a record scratch, like a few beats in, and then like, it switched. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And how and did the Fear Reaper come in? It came in right after the record scratch. So it was like it started with dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> And then just like, and then it changed to Don't Fear the Reaper. It was at the chorus. Um, well, pretty much like right before like, the chorus. Da, 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 da. That part? Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, I was toying with the idea on my wedding of having Jason appear at cocktail hour. And everybody, like, he would walk around and take pictures with him. I wanted to do that so bad, but you actually made it come true. Now, did you do this during cocktail hour or during your normal dinner, the reception dinner? It was during, no, it was, um, it was during the cocktails. So while, we, while we were taking, um, he actually went with us because while the, while the guests were having cocktails, we were having our photos done um, with the bridal party and everything and the family members. Like, we went out and did our photos things while everybody else was drinking. And... <clears throat> he went with us and then he came back and he was supposed to, <laughs> he was supposed to then go around and mill around with the guests and actually you know, spend a lot of time with the guests. And then I don't know what happened. I don't know if he ever did any of that or not because I was kind of, I was doing other stuff. So I didn't, uh, I didn't really pay attention to where he went or what he did, <laughs> but so some people may have gotten photos with him. I don't know if they did, but uh, I know we did, and that's all I really cared about. But um, he was supposed to be milling around, and I'm, I was so distracted. I'm not sure if he did. Um, and then we just had a lot of uh, – we had the DJ play songs that really meant a lot to us, um, and most of them are were either metal songs or, or from horror films. The very last song of the night hmm. – did he play, uh, da 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 little boo bird? Wait, what has that guy? <laughs> oh, wait, Swallow? Wait, what kind of Swa bird? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Um, I, I toyed with that, and then I was like, he's never going to have that song. He's not going to. What did he try to Fly Away Tiny Sparrow? Yeah, that's fly, it. That's yeah, it. Tiny Sparrow. Oh, okay. Um, Alex, you will appreciate <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the very last song of the evening. Love Hurts? When Brian took off off the uh, like he took off the garter when he was tossing the garter to the guys the song was uh, dead man's party it's a dead man's party <laughs> and uh, anyway the very me? last song of the evening was make love till we die the, oh from, my god awesome that's from great. return of the living dead do you know what our song was when he walked into the reception oh what love and marriage oh i, just, I knew that <laughs> That's awesome. Ours was, very good children. ours was Metallica, Nothing Else Matters. That was ours wow. when we came in. 
Well, and we actually had Jason introduced. So we did Metallica, <laughs> Nothing Else Matters. Then we introduced the bridal party. And then Jason came in to... Um, the Friday 3 he, song. He's back. The man behind the mouth. I thought you were going to do and, the Friday 3. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> this is disco with Jason. Um, <laughs> it was... It was uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I left out. Oh, I did uh, the favors for the wedding. I did candy movie box. Wow. Like Mike and Ike? And I, yeah, I did Junior Men's, Mike and Ike, um, Nerds. There were like five different kinds. And I put um, little cards that I had printed with Day of the Wed. I did the Day of the Dead poster, but changed it to Day of the Wed. And then that way, and I attached those to the candy boxes. So that way they could eat the candy and still keep the card if they wanted like oh, a keepsake. Oh, Jamie, you have to mail us one of those. Oh, yeah, I will. And we had uh, popcorn, or our centerpieces were popcorn boxes with actual popcorn. I and mean, they were yummy. And were there popcorn. holes cut at the bottom of the popcorn box? <laughs> I don't want to do that yet to do it yourself. Um, uh, and uh, people seem to really get I, I That was just like a throwaway thing that I did. I mean, we did like flavored popcorn, so it was yummy. But I didn't expect anyone to really even eat it. It was just, you know, supposed to go along with the movie theme. But people kept coming up to me going, this is good popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you've been drinking too uh, much. Guys, that's styrofoam. <laughs> it's fake, you asshole. But I don't know. I may have left a couple things out that I can't recall. But for the most part, that was um, that's pretty much what we did. Sounds great. Dave, did you do anything horror-related for your wedding? Oh, no, our wedding wasn't a... Um, we did when Irene and I got married we didn't tell anybody and we did it by ourselves and went to the courthouse because I don't like all that's just the way we did it we wanted to keep it did you wear a Jason 2 mask during your vows <laughs> nope I didn't do anything anything related to horror unfortunately but we didn't want to spend all that money and go through all that hoopla I'm, I'm not into all that wedding stuff and so we just wanted to keep it poop head quiet oh, oh that's what we did head. well we I had fun with it. I got married, didn't tell anybody. And then on April 1st, April Fool's Day, February, March, whatever. You told everybody you were married. Told everybody Irene and I got married. And I did that intentionally on that day so nobody would believe it. And then <laughs> just to fuck with people. And then eventually I think we told people like uh, a month later or something like that. Oh, but wow. maybe one day when, when we'll have a party, like a, a fucking deal. But whatever. Uh, we wanted to keep it private and quiet and something that just the two of us shared so clearly it was yeah i forgot one thing it was kind of a big thing our our uh, guest book was the necronomicon from oh the my Denver. god i just watched the remake last night That's my awesome. version of it anyway i made i made a version or my version of the necronomicon was it bound in flesh and written in blood it was. I had to kill a couple people to get it done. But, Excellent. It's all worth it. You know, it. it was worth it. It was for the wedding. Um, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I complete, I'm fine with this. Yeah. As yeah, long as they deserved it. And I'm totally official now. I've done all the official paperworkness, um, got my new license, uh, got this new social security card, everything. Is- so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb and dumber. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, guys, this is Felissa Rose. I'm Angela from Sleepaway Camp, and I'm going to see the skeleton crew. I'll be back before dinner.
night campers. So, to wrap up this show, guys, it's been a great variety-filled show. I've had, I've had a great time. Hopefully, everyone listening has. Um, so, one thing to address is that uh, Dan Chase made his triumphant uh, reappearance on the Skeleton Crew on the last show. He has not been on a show since... Um, I think 91 was his last show. So he, he, he did his special guest appearance on 117. And towards the end of that, we kind of talked about, you know, we were thinking of what project we would like to do next or, you know, what capacity to just to do something together again. What, you know, kind of transpired over the, the three or four weeks since then it's, we've come to the realization that it is, a, like I've always said, a miracle that even the regular show gets out. With our point in our life, all three of us, we just don't have that time and that free open schedule that we used to have. Things are not as flexible. Things are more like, if we can't get it this time, it's going to be 10 days till the next time. And all that type of shit. It was apparent in 2015 when when Michael J came back on the show that juggling four different lives and schedules to come on and do a voluntary horror podcast and things like that. You know, we all love doing it and stuff, but still it's it's just a hobby and things like that and it's just a get together and it it does fall below all of your real responsibilities it was so apparent there that four schedules is just way too many to juggle which was obvious on the actual show mike literally walked off the show in the middle of it like what 10 times or 15 times in that year you know it's just too hard to get everybody on the same schedule and stuff like that and uh since then in 2015 two of our actually all three of our lives have changed completely since 2015 i'm married i own a home i have a brand new job and that job is you know constant overtime i work long hours i do a lot my brain is fried it's a job that takes 10 years to learn and i have a home to take care of it's not like an apartment you actually have to do things all the time when you own a home it, it, it cannot be abandoned on any level. Everything constantly has to keep going. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Jamie just moved into a house. What month was that, Jamie, of last year? November. Yeah, and now she's married. I'm married. Dave's married. He has a house. I have a house. Jamie has a house. You know, he has a kid. He has a whole life. Dave has a job. And we... I, I don't want to divulge too much but dave you were talking about uh your schedule how hard is it now to even do a show for you oh now it's it's well it's tough because i I try to keep my recordings to just one day a week except you know every sunday I, i try to record just that one day either it's exploding heads or it's abcs right right and then when we do skeleton crew it's once a month it's once a month and whenever we do it we do it and we, we just make time right. and you know doing that's one thing but lately it's 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 even been hard for me to do the sundays 
You can't. Because right. there's so much happening in my life. We're, we're, we're moving out of one house, we're selling another house, and we're buying another house. And I have court-ordered visitations with my daughter, and there's all, I have all kinds of drama and all kinds of shit happening. And just barely enough time to watch movies, much less re- record podcasts. And then we all work different hours, you know? And I'm working out now. I, when I come home from work, right. I'm fucking, I work out. And if I do that, uh, by the time I'm done, because I work o'clock. until 7.30 at night, it's fucking 9 o'clock. You know, everybody else... Most people are getting ready, you know, to wind down. Right, I don't bed. go to bed till right. I don't go to bed till one a.m. So I have all kinds of shit, and it's tough to do. It's tough, even getting here today. We uh, we had to, you know, think think about it. How, we were going to do this last week. We couldn't get it done. right because we missed one thing. It all went away till eight days later, you know. And it's like so. Um, with Dan, we cannot juggle four schedules anymore to to do this it's almost impossible we're lucky we're doing three you know if if we had two schedules juggle we'd probably get it out more frequently but three is even a thing you know jamie's schedules have changed so much that jamie when you first joined the skeleton crew you were on like what four or five podcasts now you're on uh at one point i was on six six and it's been reduced to what uh, this show, which is very sporadic, ABCs, which um, we're lucky we have a backlog of episodes of because we haven't actually recorded an episode in a long time. Evil episodes, which we do roughly every other week, but sometimes not. I mean, it's just um, not, and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. That's, you know, and I'm, I'm lucky to be able to, I mean, I have to fight to get to schedule that because my schedule now, I used to work in, Eight to five Monday through Friday. That was the thing. I worked eight to five Monday through Friday, and then so the rest of my life was super easy. And it's not like that anymore. Now I'm working eleven hour days, right? You know, ten hour days, six days a week. Sometimes I, it just is. It's really hard. Yeah, like we literally have to ask Jamie on Sunday what her schedule is for the week, and then she'll tell us the one day she has off. Sometimes it's I can't do it this week. Sometimes it's that one day I'm doing ABC. That one day I'm doing Evil Episode. So then it's, okay, yeah. what about next week? <clears throat> or it'll be like the one day that I have nobody else has. Or it's like, I, you know, I've got these days that I'm working all nights, you know. And if, I, you know, if I'm working nights, I can't exactly, can't exactly do this. And you work during the day, so you can't. I mean, it just doesn't. It's hard. Yeah, so to keep this cast intact... And then add another person is virtually impossible. It's just life, guys. So we were able to do something in 2012, 13, or 14, barely 15, 16. It's done. We can't. You know, it's it's just like something. Let's all be grateful that we have this. And it's great, and I'm so happy to be here right now. I'm glad that this show is continuing, and we have what we have to push it, ask for any more, it's just gonna, like, it's gonna be so stressful, it's just gonna be giving me ulcers, and trying to do this, trying to do that, balance this, get this, can we do this, and if what, and, and if we schedule a day, and then something goes wrong with one person, everything's fucked, and we have to try to do this all over again, just to get one show out, and it's just like, I was trapped in that nightmare 
of trying to get this going that way in 2015 and I hated it and and I, I hated it in 14 on a lot of aspects and I was so happy to have 100 get here and get out of this just because of the the preparation of getting this done and we would be right back to square one and it, I I probably would just quit doing this within a very short amount of time if we had to go to that extent to keep this going and you know I it I'm sure it'll be great we will be happy to have guest appearances and things like that but to have a regular rotation uh, or the same thing every uh, show and try to get all this going is just way too much at this point and at this point our lives with how much our lives have changed which we all just mentioned it's just not conducive to this podcast so um we are all still very close and good friends with dan we are all very happy that we were able to all reach out to each other and bury the hatchets and you know extend that olive branch and things like that and we're glad that we're all friends again but friendship and podcasting does not have to like be a parallel road it's not like oh we're friends so you have to be on the show again no we're just friends that that's our personal life we're glad we all became friends again and that's it you know it just it, it just can't work out the way we would like we're just not the young chipper single free time type people anymore you know things change so like i said we're we're glad that we we even have this we'd all like to do whatever we want in life but life doesn't always deal those cards all the time so uh you know it was great to have dan on the last show and i'm sure we'll have him on in future shows but as as we even said earlier on we're not changing the lineup of the three of us that's what it will always be until the end if any of us leave we'll just stop the show and that's about it and that's when we know it's time to hang it up but um it's nothing to do with him in that sense like no you know it's just what it is it's just this is what it is and then hopefully we can have some guest appearances that's it right nothing wrong with that yeah so that's the future of that type of thing of the cast uh, lineup so guys, it's July, it's the summertime, we're in the thick of the summer, From uh, yeah, right in the middle of it, because of June, and uh, August, we'll have another show in store, we have a really cool segment coming up, so look for the Skeleton Crew number 119 in August, guys. Dave, Jamie, say goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Get out now. Get out now. Oh Get God, now. we almost forgot about that, that's supposed to be our thing can't forget that. I'll say it every time myself. Believe, believe it or not, I said that to somebody the other day. I said, get out now! Isn't that weird? We say that around the house all the time. <laughs> get out now! Get out now! Get out now! <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what that is! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, see you later, guys. <laughs> see you in August. <laughs>